I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome back to Bacon Night, Jay Binkley, Kramer, Sandstone. I love this, man. I love this. From the 785, this guy's talking about Kool-Aid drinking, talking about the Chiefs, and he's mentioned San Diego in like three tweets. It's like at some point, I get one mistake. We've all made a mistake. But you said San Diego three times, and you're trying to talk about the Chiefs needing a wideout. There's no Kool-Aid being drunk. They've been to three straight AFC title games, back-to-back Super Bowls. They've won the AFC West five straight times. You, sir, are an ignorant football fan and a hater, and you need to understand San Diego's not have a team. Again, I'll let one slip go by, but you've done it three times. You're an idiot. Let's go to Ron. What's up, Ron? Ron Cop, ArrowheadPride.com. How are we doing, Ron? Doing good. It's, it's that time of year, cramming for fantasy drafts and all that. So that's that's what's on top of my mind, Bink. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. What's up with you? Well, you know what? Um, phew, I mean, I, I have – okay, I, I did one last week. There'll be another one after these. I like to wait till the preseason is done. Uh, some teams like playing their starters. Some don't. I mentioned there's 14 starting quarterbacks, Ron, that haven't played in the preseason. You know, guys like Justin Herbert and Derek Carr that probably – could stand a chance to play in the pre, especially Herbert. He's got a new head coach, right? I, yeah, I just no, don't understand I, that. I thought the char- that that Chargers thing. How how many people they they held out of their preseason was, was very surprising to me. I know they have like that black cloud of injury curse that's always kind of surrounding them. They seem to always have that curse. So I kind of get it. But yeah, I mean Herbert's a second year player. He's definitely got to get these preseason snaps. I was surprised to see that. Yeah, I was surprised to see that as well. But. Uh, you know, the one thing about this team is Andy Reid said the starters, you know, would play in the in the first half. Maybe, maybe Mahomes, I'm not 100% sure about. He did clarify that, saying, well, he did get a lot of reps against the Cardinals. But let's face it, this team is basically set, Ron. This team is basically set, but there's still things to watch. Still want to see the line because they do think they'll play uh, beyond Mahomes being in the game. You'll see a lot of the offensive uh, linemen still playing. Jody Fordson. I'm sure we'll talk about him. Marcus Kemp, can they make the roster? Mike Hughes, the whole Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker thing. I say watch out a little bit for DeAndre Baker when he's 100%. Still think um, he could do a little damage. But what will you be watching in this final game? What value are you looking for? The most intriguing position battle left, in my opinion, is, is that last – or those couple, I should say, couple last receiver spots, that wide receiver Man, there, there's some competition all of a sudden. I really have liked what I've seen from Doris Fountain. And it's kind of just, I, I don't want to see him, you know, go to another team and kind of flourish there. I know he's had a couple of years in the NFL already uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. But, man, I, 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 I just really like what I've seen. He kind of fits exactly what the Chiefs look for at their ex-receiver in terms of just his physical build, but also how he plays. He made a really tough catch over the middle against Arizona that, that Matt Stagner on Twitter pointed out that 
you know, you don't see a lot of uh, backup receivers hold on to that ball and get popped like that over the middle and, and just, you know, be good. And that's, that's valuable in, in the Chiefs' offense. Kind of similar to, like, Byron Pringle. He's pretty good. I've been able to, you know, have tough catches like that over the middle as well. And so, man, it's just tough because there's not room for a guy like that unless you make a kind of a surprising move elsewhere. I know Marcus Kemp could be the, the guy they flip with. Maybe they like Fountain over Kemp, and, and Fountain can provide some of the special team stuff that Kemp does. But it seems like they like Kemp, and it seems like Kemp's, you know, a strong has a strong hold on a roster shop spot maybe too. Is there, is there a chance that Powell gets cut? You know, a fifth-round pick this year, the front office never wants to let go of, of their fifth-round uh, you know, fifth draft choice, obviously, in the same year. So that makes that a little unlikely. And so is, is there a possibility that something could be really shaken up, like let's say Demarcus Robinson gets, gets the cut, which I, I wouldn't bet on it or anything, but if there's one of these veteran receivers yep. uh, on the team, that could be that he let go just to kind of get more youth and movement inside, and and that's the thing with you know if, if they like Pringle and, and to play Robinson's spot and kind of take those snaps, it kind of does make sense. So yeah, I, I, I'm really curious to see if, if they give Fountain and, and uh, Kemp and Powell more run and and just to see if Fountain continues to play well because. If he does, he's going to make it really hard on the Chiefs to make that decision. I'm with you. I have the Chiefs keeping six receivers this year: Hill, Pringle, Hardman, Robinson. I I got him on here at this point. Now he could be definitely knocked off, but it's still he's on here. And I have Cornell Powell and Marcus Kemp, uh, Darius Fountain making a case there. All right, who's going to be the odd man out? Cornell Powell to Marcus Robinson. I think Fountain stating his case for this team. The reason I don't think that these draft picks have that security like they've had in the past, Ron, maybe you agree or disagree. This year's draft was such a crapshoot. So many guys were unknown with the medicals, uh, opting out of the season, only playing half the season or playing only conference games and not playing the bowl game, not having the combine. There was so much uncertainty. So I understand why teams may back away from picks this year like they haven't in the past. But you look at a Sean Wade, fifth-round pick, uh, already being traded to the Patriots, right, for the Ravens. I mean, that stuff's already happened with guys that are drafted this year. I wouldn't be shocked because there still could be a, a home for him on the practice squad. Like, yeah, I don't they, I don't they, think Powell screams to me, okay, if you grab him off the practice squad, he's got to be on your 53. Like, he doesn't scream, grab him off the Chiefs. You trust him enough to put him on your 53. And, again, the Chiefs can't protect four players. Yeah, no, that's a good point because it's not like Powell has, has done a lot of preseason to where another team's going to see him and be like, oh, man, we got to go get him. And just another point I want to you know, make about uh, Fountain maybe making the team and, and how he could make room on that team with, like, Robinson maybe going. I just thought it was really interesting, and I'm sure you saw it. Assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, he, he had some things to say about Robinson, which were not very uh, oh, yeah. weren't very complimentary. Um, and, and obviously he's talking about him as a returner. He said he drove him a little nuts. He'd like to see him tuck the ball away. He'd like to see him get up, you know, upfield north and south more than trying to play east and west, which you could say all those things about him as a receiver as well on the offense. When he gets the ball in his hands, he all of a sudden takes the ball out in, in that one hand like it's a quarterback pitch option sometimes, and it drives me crazy. So I'm sure it drives the coaches crazy. I don't know. That's, that's an assistant head coach saying that kind of stuff. It is interesting. I, I just think it was, it was noteworthy to me. I, I don't think you hear coaches be that negative, I guess, about a player. But it also he also was just talking about the return game where Robinson's not going to be much of a returner anyway. That might have just been Tobe kind of being you know, blatant about stuff. But 
it, it is just it is just funny to me that that just this week we hear a coach kind of pretty much dog or a receiver, you know, uh, in, in public, in the media. Talking to Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com. And, Rod, there was actually a couple things said this week. I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was, it, thought it was interesting with A.D. Reid on Monday, like assessing McCall Hardman in that game because he did have to step up for Tyree Kills wide receiver one. And, you know, he questioned, you know, he, he said it point blank, you got to be ready when you get called up. And he said he made some good plays, and he said he made some bad plays. That's something we really haven't heard from Andy Reid. So playing the game of motivation through the media, hoping it sticks, and hopefully it motivates him. That's a good point. Yeah, no, that, you know those players hear what they said. And, and, yeah, you're right. There is some motivation factor to it. And the Cole thing, man, it, it is a little frustrating as a fan because I think we all, as, as people who watch the Chiefs over the last two years, I've seen these constant miscommunications between him and Mahomes where, you know, it's an incomplete pass towards Hardman and they cut back to Mahomes and, and you see him looking downfield, maybe yelling, maybe pointing in the air, pointing one way or the other. You can just tell that Mahomes wasn't expecting something or, or maybe just thought McCall should run this route this way, that way, that kind of thing. And it was just really kind of disheartening, honestly, to see it in three separate times uh, in my count. Maybe it could have been a few more or maybe I misinterpreted one of them, but it happened quite a few times against Arizona in the preseason games. This is Hardman's third year, and I know it's the preseason, so we're still obviously getting into it, and it could be you know, something to fix by regular season or midseason. But I just figured by now those things need to be eliminated. Whether or not Hardman takes the jump to be an actual legitimate wide receiver too, he can't be having these constant miscommunications with the quarterback. That's, that's, that alone in itself is not going to help you progress, even if you do get better at route running, better at separation, if you can't get this, this, whatever the miscommunications are with Mahomes down, if you can't get those fixed, it, it, I can't see him being, you know, a, a long-term piece here. Um, and that's just disheartening that, in, in, you know, even in his third season, those things are still happening. And it really doesn't seem like those things happen with any other receiver. It really has seemed like Hardman's been the main one that we've seen these kind of little events happen after plays. It's just a little uh, disheartening, I would say. Do the Chiefs keep four tight ends, in your opinion? I would, I would think it's a, it's a strong possibility now that Fortson's playing so well and he's played so well on special teams. And I really think they, they see the value in Blake Bell. I don't think they just flip-flop, uh, you know, Bell for Fortson and keep those three. I think they really want to have Bell, especially for those first games. You know, in the first few weeks, you're playing Miles Garrett. You're playing in, against the Chargers. You're playing a Joey Bosa. You want someone who can, who can help stay in a tight end and ship with your tackles, especially a guy like Lucas Niang. He's in his first NFL experience going against those guys. You definitely want someone to help him. So I would say, yeah, I, I, I think it's a strong possibility at this point. And the way they can do that is by keeping only three running backs. And I think that's, that's, that's one way to do it is, is keep three running backs, nine offensive linemen, and then you have room for a fourth tight end. So I think it's very, a strong possibility. You buying into this defense? No first, no first down for the Cardinals until about five minutes left in the second quarter. 56 yards on about seven drives. They've had so far this season. They've looked fantastic. Is it real? Not real to you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think there's reason definitely to be confident about the defense, especially the defensive line. And that's, in my opinion, probably the most important unit on this on this defense right now. If that defensive line can wreak havoc like we kind of all think they can at their ceilings, you know, if Frank Clark plays his ceiling, if Jaron Reed's as good as we expect, if rotational guys like Colin Saunders and Turk Wharton can be – you know, uh, disruptive like we've kind of seen them in the preseason so far. 
by the way, Turk Warden's had a great preseason. He's been one of the best pass rushers. It, I think he's been he's been the best pass rusher on the team in the preseason, <laughs> uh, discounting Chris Jones, obviously, with the two sacks. But, yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely reason to be confident in the defense, and, and especially this last game. Uh, actually, our, our, one of our new guys, Brian Stewart, on Arrowhead Pride broke it down, but the cornerbacks played really well, in, especially in the tackling game. All of them were really aggressive tackling uh, around the line of scrimmage, especially with Jerry Sneed. That's one thing that I, I, you really like to see because I think Spags really asks that from their corners to be aggressive you know, in that flat area, that, that low part of the zone. And they have been, and, and that all is adding up to where the cornerback group, you know, at first we weren't super maybe optimistic about it, but now it almost looks like we have more guys than, than we need in terms of Baker, and he was fighting for one spot with Snead and Ward already. And then Fenton obviously in the mix. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's reason to definitely be confident about the defense. Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com, does fantastic work over there. At Ron underscore K-O-P-P, he'll be a part of the uh, – It'll be a part of our uh, weekly Arrowhead Pride radio show starting here like we've done in the past here on 610 Sports Radio on Wednesday nights. Thanks a ton, Ron. Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you, Jay. Thanks. Thank you. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.